0: Alrighty, uh, we're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 1. If you're new with us tonight, I'm one of the pastors of Street and St. Matt's. My name's Kurt. Um, we're going to be looking at this issue of wisdom and the book of Proverbs. I'm going to pray and ask God to bless our time. Father in heaven, we just want to praise you because you're a God who, who speaks to us through your word um, and you give us wisdom because life is messy and life is hard and we need it. And so we ask tonight that you give us real clarity over what you're saying from your word about how we can live wisely in 2021. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't need that little sticker on my finger, do I? That might be distracting. Okay, let me start tonight by talking about a situation that you might or might not be in, but let's imagine you are. You have a friend. Uh, Your friend is uh, a really close friend, but they do regularly do things that really frustrate you. Uh, they regularly do things that are a little bit destructive to themselves, and so this last decision that they've made is to pursue a relationship you know is going to be destructive towards them. Now, the complicating factor in it is that the friend is pursuing a relationship with your best friend's brother. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's, that sounds complicated, more complicated than it is, uh, but it's someone who's close to you, all right? It's someone who you kind of had to live alongside and know and as well, but you know that person is not right for that person, and so. You go to speak to your friend and you say to your friend, look, I just don't think this is for you and they just don't want to listen at all. They're really defensive, they just shun you. How do you wisely love your friend? How do you wisely love in that situation? Uh, We live, don't we, in a very, very messy world with messy problems. It would be really sweet, wouldn't it, if there were really simple solutions to every problem? Anything we encountered, we could just get this book out and go, all right, what's this situation? All right, that's the solution. All right, go for it. But you know, if you've been alive for any length of time, as you go through life, things get messier and messier and messier and more complicated and more complex. And our simple solutions that used to work for us in the past don't seem to work now. And so our world is continually screaming out for us, you guys need wisdom. You need wisdom. You need a way of making sense of reality in the complexity of life so you can live well in it. All right, now, I don't know if I need to convince you of that. Part of me feels like I do more than that, because you're younger. You tend to not think wisdom's as cool as the older people who think, man, I need it. Um, But you should, all right? You should. You really, really need wisdom, all right? You really need wisdom. And so the book of Proverbs is going to teach us that, just that. It's going to teach us how to do life well in relationship with God. It's going to teach us about wisdom. Okay. So why don't you start with me? It's going to be up on the screen. We're going to start from Proverbs chapter one, from verse one. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Okay. So this book of Proverbs is written, it says here, it has multiple authors, but the first one is introduced here, and it's Solomon, king of Israel. So if you go back into the story of the Old Testament, you have a man named Solomon, he was a king. God, uh, he could ask anything of God, and God ga- he asked for wisdom, God gave him wisdom, and so people come- would come from all over the world to hear Solomon's wisdom, it was that great. And so Proverbs is the, pro- is the wisdom teaching of Solomon, given to him from God, But there are also other authors, there's a guy called Lemuel and Agur, Agur and Lemuel. These are kind of king-like wisdom teachers. And so what you have in Proverbs is this collection of wisdom sayings for God's people. And and as as it's written, as it's presented to you, it's written as the words of a parent to a child, or a parent or a teacher to a student. So Proverbs chapter 1 verse 8, it says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are graceful garland from your head and pendants for your neck. And so the whole thing with Proverbs is it's the idea that it's written from a teacher to a student or a parent to a child. And so as we come to the book of Proverbs, we don't come thinking, hey man, I know everything. I've got this covered this whole life thing. We come with the posture of saying, I need to learn, I need wisdom. And so what's wisdom? Chapter 2, verse 1. He gives you a whole bunch of words to kind of summarise what wisdom is. He says, To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. So Proverbs is going to use a bunch of ways. You know how you can say one word and you say, what does that mean? And you give 10 other words to describe the one word. That's what Proverbs is doing here. It's giving you a whole bunch of words. So to be wise means to be prudent. That's the ability to make sense of a situation and act practically, uh, to to bring about good for others and yourself. Uh, To act shrewdly, the ability to attain your goals. It says here to have discretion. That is, to be wise is to make good moral decisions to be insightful, you know, those people who can just see through a situation and have this penetrating, insightful mind that can see what's going on in the midst of the messiness. Uh, Wisdom wisdom means to have guidance. And so the the image is like the rudder of a ship. Wisdom guides you through life. To have understanding, that's like a practical know-how of how to do life well. A wise person is also said to be in the book of Proverbs humble, teachable, just, Good, trustworthy, kind. To be wise is to have a deep understanding of life and how to do that in relationship with God well. To be wise is the life you want. It is. You you don't want to be the fool. There's a reason the fool is the fool because you don't want to be the fool. You want to be wise. You want to be wise. And it's what our world wants. You can go for four seconds on YouTube. You can't go for four seconds on YouTube without seeing some sort of advertising for some way of making you wiser. Whether you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to make lots of money, or whether you want to uh, do drop shipping through Amazon, or you whether have online, there's just so many ways. If you want to be wise, watch this video, subscribe to my channel. We're constantly bombarded by this by this uh, economy of wisdom, where the world is saying to us, "Do this, read this book, follow this blog." Subscribe to this channel and you can be wise. Our world wants wisdom. And so God says to us, here is my wisdom. And so what does God's wisdom start with? Wisdom starts, we're going to see here in Proverbs, wisdom starts with worship. So Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Okay, so if you want to be wise, the first thing you need to do is fear the Lord. Now, what does it mean to fear the Lord? Uh, sometimes when people think of the fear of the Lord they think if that's God he's the Lord fear means to run in the opposite direction to be scared of him but in fact the word fear of the Lord is a a common phrase in the Old Testament to talk about how God's people are to relate to him so Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12 Moses is speaking to God's people before they go into the promised land he says and now Israel what does the Lord your God require of you but to the fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And so you see here the way he, he says, fear the Lord your God, and then he puts a whole bunch of words next to it. That's to say they're the same thing, all right, they work in the same way. Fear doesn't mean to run away and be scared. Fear means to move towards God, to worship him, to love him, to honor him, to serve him, it's fear in the sense of being in awe of who God is and recognise that you are not. And so Proverbs says, if you want to be wise, it starts with worship. It starts with recognising who God is and that you're not God and having fear of him, placing God at the centre of your world, your life, your thinking, your decisions, recognising you're not and that he is. That's how to be wise. Now, years ago, I had... um had a very good friend and we were sitting at a service station one afternoon and I was 19 years old and I liked playing football and I liked running into things. And he said to me, Kurt, I reckon you could take that fridge. You know those fridges at the service station? Is that on the screen? All right. So he said to me, Kurt, I reckon you could take that fridge. And what he meant by that is, I felt like, Kurt, if you run at that fridge hard, hard enough that you will put a dent in it. Alright? And, 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 and you'll take the fridge. So I took him up on his challenge and I ran hard at that fridge. Very, very hard at that fridge. Now what do you think happened? No, I, I got dented, the fridge did not. Okay? I'll answer that for you. I had bloodshot eye, I fell down, I had a sore head, was, my friend laughed his head off, he thought it was a classic. When you're 19 years old, or maybe I was 8 I'm somewhere in that age, when you're years old, you think you can take on fridges and you can think you can take them down. Um, but what you are in that moment is a fool. <laughs> you're an idiot. I couldn't take on the fridge. Now, Proverbs says to ignore God is to hit the fridge of life. That God is at the centre of this universe, that there is a true God and he is in control of everything. He creates and sustains everything. He knows how things work best in this creation and if you ignore that, then you're just like me as an 18-year-old running into that fridge. It's foolish. Psalm says, the fool says there is no God. And so Proverbs says, wisdom begins with recognising there is a God. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord, with worship. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to fill out that. What, what does that look like, that worship, that fear of the Lord? What, it, what does it look like to be wise, both as the, receiving the gift of wisdom, and doing what I'm going to call the activities of wisdom. So receiving the gift of wisdom and activities of wisdom. So firstly, we want to see three different ideas here. Wisdom firstly as seeing. Wisdom as seeing. So he says here in verse 1 of chapter 2, "'My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding,' If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And so, like I said before, Proverbs has this posture of a, of a parent speaking to a child. And here it's the father speaking to his son and he's saying, child, receive my wisdom, receive it as a gift from God, Re- receive the gift of God's wisdom But at the same time, the Father tells him to call out for it, to reach for it, to to search for it. And so here we see wisdom is both this gift of God that's given to us and at the same time, it's this activity that we are to pursue. So God gives wisdom as a gift and it's an activity to pursue. So let's firstly look at the idea of the gift. What is the gift of wisdom that God gives us? Well, the gift primarily is two things. Firstly, it's the gift of seeing God. Okay, so Proverbs 4.8, 18 says this, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which bright shines brighter and brighter until full day. And Proverbs 6.23, for the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. And so there's this idea in the book of Proverbs that God's words are light. That is, they reveal who he is and as God has revealed who he is, he enables us to understand reality rightly. But the problem in the book of Proverbs, and the problem as you go right through the Bible, is that although God reveals himself through his word, all right, it's, it's, particularly in the Old Testament, God reveals himself through his word, his word is consistently rejected. And that kind of comes to a culmination in the person of Jesus Christ. And so John 1.18 says, No one has seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Jesus also says, I am the light of the world. So it's this, God reveals himself through his word, shown in the book of Proverbs in the first part of the Bible. Jesus comes on the scene to fully reveal who God is, to be the light of the world, that we might be able to see God rightly and not keep running into the fridge of life, thinking he's not there. But there's a problem and there's a problem that goes right through the story of the Bible and that's the problem is although the lights of God's presence are on our eyes are closed we're blind to his presence and it's and it's not a choice that you make but it's the reality that everyone as they are born becomes people who are blind to the reality of God's presence and we close our eyes and why do we do that because we want to say to God God I don't need your wisdom I can be wise myself. I don't need your wisdom, I can be wise myself. We don't want God's wisdom. And so the gift from God of wisdom is not just God reveals himself through his word and then ultimately in Jesus, but the gift is also God gives us the eyes to see him. He opens our blind eyes. And so that's what you saw in the miracles of Jesus. Remember when Jesus would meet blind people and he'd look at the blind person and he'd heal their eyes so that they could see. That wasn't Jesus just having compassion on people to enable them to see. That was a picture of spiritually what Jesus does to all people who come to him. That he opens blind eyes to see his reality, to see who he is. And so the gift of God is that he reveals himself through his word, ultimately in Jesus. And at the same time, he opens our blind eyes that we might see his glory so that the scriptures, the Bible, becomes a set of glasses, a lens, so to speak, in which to see reality. So as we take the scriptures and what the scriptures says about God, us, the world, how it works, we understand from God's perspective who we are. We understand from who, God's perspective why relationships dysfunction the way that they do. Why, uh, what's the purpose of life? What's the point of life? What's the end of life? that people are not just advanced apes, that people are actually image bearers made to reflect God and his glory, that creation is not just ours to use whatever we want with, but we are gardeners, we are caretakers of his world, that male and female is not just something that society invented, that it's actually something God himself made to reflect him. See, God gives us the capacity to see him and they understand through His Word, through the lens of the Scripture as what reality truly is. And so wisdom is taking that lens of the Scriptures to see things as God sees them. But for those who don't believe in God, there's blindness. Now, does that mean that atheists are unintelligent and, and that Christians are only the intelligent people in the world? No, of course not. You can be super, super smart, way smarter than me, way smarter than anyone here, and not believe in God. But you can't be wise. You can't be truly wise because everything you know as someone who does not believe in God, everything you know is distorted because you are missing the most important part of life, the the thing that holds everything together. When you pull the centre out of it, you can see, but everything is distorted. And so friends, wisdom is seeing things through the lens of Scripture as God gives us the lens to see. And so my question to you this morning, uh, tonight actually, is to ask, how are you going with that? How are you going with it? Like I said before, you are being bombarded with offers of wisdom from everywhere. You've got friends who are telling you what to do. You've got family who are telling you what to do. You've got, uh, you've got social media telling you what to do. You've got gurus, self-help gurus telling you what to do. You've got movie stars giving you life lessons. You've got, you've got rock stars. Got, got, everyone's telling you advice and wisdom all the time and it's being poured into you. And so my question to you is, are you, are you listening to all those voices? or are you listening to God in the Scriptures? See, in the Scriptures we have the wisdom of God Himself. He's the one who made this world. He knows how it works best and yet we so often go to these guys rather than to Him. And so as much as possible we need to be people who are deeply in the Scriptures to inform our lens, inform our view of the world so we can see wisely. That's the first thing. That's the gift of wisdom. Secondly, We're going to talk about that, two of the activities of wisdom. The first one is surveying. Surveying. All right, so a feature of Proverbs is that there are parts of Proverbs, even verses right next to each other, that seem to contradict each other. So, you know, people say, oh, the Bible contradicts itself. Yeah, it does. All right, Proverbs 26, 4, listen to this. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So answer not a fool according to his folly, answer a fool. So what am I supposed to do? What do I do, what do, I do with a fool? Do I, do I answer him or not? Well, yes and yes and no. Proverbs teaches this unique perspective to say in different situations, multiple things can be true depending on the situation. That any issue you might come across, any situation you might come across, might have a, a bunch of different truths to consider to make a wise decision in that moment. And so in this sense, Proverbs is not simplistic. Proverbs doesn't say, in this situation do this, in this situation do this, in this situation do this. It doesn't give you these hard, fast rules that apply for every single moment. It doesn't teach you what to think, it actually teaches you how to think, how to be wise, how to use this gift of sight with this lens to engage in the work of what I'm calling surveying. Now imagine there was a tree, that tree up there, hopefully. Uh, and and there was right in the centre here, right? And I'm looking at the tree from this perspective. And so as I'm looking at this beautiful tree, I'm, I'm maybe, I'm just seeing some of the foliage up top. I'm seeing that there is uh, a little hole in the, in, the, in the trunk a little halfway down and some of the branches are a little bit uh, pulled off. Maybe someone's accidentally pulled them off or something like that. That's one perspective on the tree. Now imagine I walk over to where Coops is over there and I look at it from that other perspective and I look at the tree and I see the back side of the tree, there's actually a little nest and a little beautiful bird. He's just got some baby eggs in there and he's having a lovely old time up in the tree. And now did I see the tree from this perspective? Yes, I saw the tree. Did I see a fuller picture of the tree when I sat where Cooper was as well? Yes. And so this is a little picture of what, how Proverbs kind of works. It's kind of like short little truths that don't act independent of the situation you're looking into, but are one perspective on one particular situation. And so Proverbs contains metaphors and similes and images to give different angles of truth, different perspectives on any situation. Now, within that metaphor, you've got to be careful pushing metaphors too far, but this this is fair. Within that metaphor, God is the only one who can see every perspective on the tree. All right. God knows this tree backward. God's been around the tree, around, around. God knows the tree. He sees every single perspective. But as human beings who are not God, we do not. All right, we do not. And so what is the task of wisdom? It's the task of surveying. Surveying means we walk around the tree. We go around the tree to consider from different perspectives, to consider all the things that scripture teaches us on a particular situation. And so at any given point, when you're considering, so you're considering that situation with the friend who's going into that bad relationship, what's some of the things you need to consider? What does Scripture say? Well, Scripture firstly tells you that God's in charge of this whole situation. You don't need to completely lose it, all right, because God's in charge of this situation. Secondly, it might teach you something like that Galatians 6 says, if you're going to actually call someone to account, do it with gentleness. So it instructs you on how to talk to the person. Scripture also teaches you in that situation that when that person is making that decision that you can't force them to make that decision because Scripture says that people have free choice. They have the capacity to make their own decisions and they need to make their own decisions. In the same way God gives us the choice, we need to allow her to make those decisions. Scripture also will say from another angle, will say, yeah, but certain relationships will be dysfunctional. And so that might give you some insight into why this person is pursuing this relationship with the other person, you see. And, and so this task of wisdom is going around the tree, going around the situation to get as much perspective on it as possible. And so that's why Christian community is really, really important. This is why Christian community is really important, why having a church community around you is really important. You need to spend time as younger people with older people who've run into fridges, Okay. I've run into fridges, I've run into lots of fridges, not just physical fridges but metaphorical fridges and you need to spend time with me so you run into less fridges. You'll hit your own fridges, don't worry. But we all need to, we can learn from each other as we all hit different situations in life, as we've done the work of surveying, each of us become a resource to each other to help us be wise and make sense of reality. Wisdom happens as commun- in community as we survey together. Now, this is, just a, this is an extra word here for the people who uh, spend their whole life running around the tree and never making a decision. <laughs> so some people, by temperament, uh, kind of get stuck never making decisions because they think, I, can, I can't make a decision until I know every angle on the tree, until I know every leaf of this situation, I can't make a decision. All right? if, if that's you, there's a point at which you need to say, God knows this tree, even though I don't. And we need to, third, we need to walk in wisdom. So there's wisdom as seeing, wisdom as surveying, and thirdly, wisdom and walking. Wisdom is not just seeing and having all the Bible's answers. Wisdom is not walking around the tree and having all these different biblical insights on a situation. Wisdom, in the end, involves action. It involves trusting the Lord. And so Proverbs 3, 5, 7 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. In the end, the wise person doesn't just know lots and lots about the Bible. They don't just know, have talked to lots and lots of people about different insights on a particular situation. The wise person is the person who trusts those words and lives according to them. Who turns from evil, he seeks justice, who lives for God and not themselves and it says God will make your straight, your path straight. And so if you're the person who's just running around the tree over and over again, fearful because you don't know all the angles on the tree, then you need to say I'm going to trust you God because you're the one who makes straight paths. James 3.13 says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Wisdom is not just knowing the Bible. I don't know who's the person who knows the Bible best in this room right now. That person doesn't, isn't by definition, because they know the Bible the best, the wisest person here. All right, The wisest person is the person who trusts the reality they've heard from the Bible, the wisdom they have got from the Bible, they're living according to it. And so wisdom, in a sense, is not just knowing about the Bible, but it's knowing the person the Bible speaks about, and that is the Lord Jesus And wisdom is the overflow of the relationship with him. And so as we walk with wisdom, the image is not, I've got the Bible's wisdom and now I obtain it for myself and now I get off walking, doing my own thing. No, as we walk with the Lord Jesus, he enables us to see as he sees and it's through that relationship of trust that we are wise. Wisdom is seeing, wisdom is surveying, Wisdom as walking with the Lord Jesus. And so my question to you tonight is, do you want to be wise? Do you want to be wise? Some of you tonight um, might not have, you might still be on at this place of exploring Christian faith, exploring who Jesus is. Let me wanna, I want to say to you very clearly, if that is you, then right now, although you might not be feeling it, you are running into the fridge of life. You will eventually feel it. But right now, you might not be feeling it. But you are on track to continue to run into the fridge of life. At 20 years old, my biggest problem was not that I ran into fridges. <laughs> my biggest problem, I was running into the reality that God was real and I was rejecting him without even knowing it. I lived like God did not exist Now, you might be much more intelligent than me. Right now, you might not be running into fridges at all, like real fridges at all. But without Jesus, you are blind to reality as it truly is. You have a blurred sense of how things work in this world, and you always have that until you come to Jesus, until you come to this place of saying, God, I'm going to recognise that I have rejected your wisdom, thinking I was wiser myself, and I accept what Jesus did on the cross for me. I accept that Jesus came to take the, take the punishment for all the ways I've said to God, I don't want your wisdom, I'm going to do life my, by myself. See, here's the thing with uh, rejecting God. You, you can get away with it for a while. <laughs> you can. Like I, I felt like I was getting away with it as a 19-year-old. I could run into bridges. You know, I could do a whole bunch of things. But eventually you hit some significant things and you think to yourself, wait a minute, I'm not God. So as I've gone through uh, my life and I've seen uh, my faith, uh, so I've seen people who, in my family who don't know God uh, find out about me becoming a Christian and then watch me become a Christian and as I've looked for opportunities to share about Jesus with them, I've seen that there's moments through life where people hit those walls. And usually it's sometimes where tragedy happens, when there's a death perhaps. And it's, it's really hard to think when you're at a funeral, I've got this controlled. I'm controlling my life. See, without Jesus, you're without true wisdom. You might be the smartest person in this room right now, but without Jesus, you lack true wisdom. You lack true wisdom. See, uh, if that's you tonight, I want to ask you, I want to plead with you. Stop running. Stop running away from God. Stop running away from his wisdom and turn and come back to him. Accept that you're not God and turn back and trust in the Lord Jesus. Wisdom comes from God. Wisdom only comes as we walk with Jesus. For those people who are followers of Jesus here tonight, I want you to recognise that any wisdom you have is not yours. I think one of the things that can happen as Christians is at first you kind of feel like it's this gift of wisdom that you're given from God, but after a while you feel like it becomes yours and that you acquired it yourself. And so you become a little bit proud, thinking, I know stuff. I know stuff about the Bible. I know stuff about life. I know stuff about situations. And we start walking, but we're not walking with Jesus. We're walking in our own wisdom. And so what I want to call you to do tonight is start walking with Jesus again. And the way that works is by getting on your knees and asking him for wisdom. If you think you have wisdom in yourself to do the rest of your life, you are sorely mistaken. You are. You just haven't hit that situation where it's going to be revealed to you, but it will come. You know, like before, so you might have noticed that shaking my hands tonight. You're thinking, what's the shake in his hand? What's the shake in his leg? What's that all about? It's particularly bad tonight, and I don't know why it is. But that's because I have Parkinson's. Now, up until three years ago, I think I would have thought, uh, For a large, particularly when I came out of Bible college, the first bunch of years, there was this sense of, yeah, I need God's wisdom, Um, but I've got a whole bunch of Bible college behind me, a whole bunch of Bible training, I've got it pretty much covered. (laughs) I can do the majority of ministry, the majority of life without ever really talking to God. But then when I hit uh, my Parkinson's diagnosis and my burnout, all of a sudden I realised that the answers I had, for how I could do life well fell way short. And I realised just how necessary it was to live day by day on my knees asking God for wisdom. And so I'm challenging you tonight, if you're someone who is a Christian, to not think it's yours, this wisdom, but recognise it as a gift and to get on your knees and live accordingly to that every day to say Jesus every day I need your wisdom today as I'm dealing with this give me wisdom as I'm dealing with this wisdom. walk with me show me how to see life the way you see it that I walk wisely with you and so that's our prayer for this term for these four weeks in fact as you've come into 2021 you might have thought it was the promised land that 2020 was this really rubbish year and 2021 was this promised land we're going to get there and everything's going to be normal or whatever it is and then we've got here and we're all wearing masks again. I <laughs> think, what happened, Anne? That's not the plan. Don't fight that, but recognize that this is a wake up call for us to get back on our knees and say, God, we need wisdom. We need wisdom. We need to trust you, God, through the midst of 2021. Give us wisdom on how to live well, even in the midst of face masks and all the things that are going on. So, why don't I pray now and ask God for that wisdom? Then he might give it to us. God, you are a, you're an incredible God and you promise to give wisdom to those who are your people. And so we thank you that you have given us your son. We thank you that you've given us your word. We thank you that it's the way to see life and make sense of reality. We thank you that you've given us a Christian community around us to su- survey and think about and consider the situations we come to in life And we're sorry for the times we have rejected that wisdom, thinking we have it within ourselves or we've listened to the wisdom of the world. And we ask that you would just help us to get on our knees. (laughs) Help us to realise we don't know. Help us to realise we need you each and every day, each and every second of every day, for wisdom on how to live well. Father, for those here tonight who are blinded, who, have rejected, who are at this point rejecting you, we pray that you would open their blind eyes, that they would see just how glorious Jesus is, the wise one who came to die on their behalf for you, for those who have rejected you. Father, that they might become wise, truly wise. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.